Hey everyone, welcome to uh, Know Your Gear QA number 81. It's on Friday as always. Uh, my highlight of my week, waiting to talk to you guys. Real quick, I just want to show you the guys and people who give you, I should say guys and gals, guys and gals who give support to this uh, live show. Bradulous, Jeff Howe, Zachary Rowe, Michael Newman, Bruce and the One Blood Wee Band, Hannah Gunson, John Jex, Michael Shy, Justin Mabe, David Madison, Andrew Good. Anthony Desposito, Billy Robertson, Bob Crosley, Bob Pickwode, Brian Stewart, Carlos Portillo. I'm going to say Portillo. We're going to go with that until Carlos tells me different. Chuck Keen, Chris Glaze, Craig Parker, Daniel Psychic, Dylan87, James Miles, Joe Watson, Jonathan Pickering, Joseph McCarty, McCarthy. Don't get that wrong. McCarthy, not McCartney. Not like the Beatles. McCarthy, Kermit Jackson, Lawrence Petros, Lee Hawkins, Lonnie Hoke, Michael Lidner, Paul Osterreich, Lewis, and Alvaro from Pedal Pal. I'm going to be seeing them in about a week. Uh, they're coming to visit in town. Say hi. Ricky Robinson, Robert Brooks, Robert Hodges, Ro uh, Robert uh, Wood Guitar. I think maybe he makes guitars. Robert Wood Guitar. We'll have to find out from Robert. Uh, Scott Tompkins, Space Jazz, Steve Pinna, Tim. We all know just Tim. He's just Tim. And then Tim Camacho, not to be confused with the one and only just Tim. Hey guys, I uh, hope you guys had a fantastic week. Uh, I did. <laughs> it was nice. It was nice to get to the week. I can't tell if in the video I'm flushed out with light though. So it's uh, interesting. I don't, so I like to have the window open right here uh, in the office, but sometimes it's just too much light. So I got to, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> so I thought I'd, I'd try something new today. Uh, so hopefully you guys had an awesome week. Uh, lots of cool stuff going on. Uh, and a lot of not cool stuff. We're going to talk about that today. And the first time on the live show, we have uh, bullet points or uh, talking points. You know what? I'm going to try this. Tell me if this is better. I like that light off. I don't have to stare at it then. Anyways, uh, so uh, we're going to handle your questions, talk about the gear and, and uh, music and stuff you guys want to talk about. But also, uh, we're going to hit some talking points. So uh, any anything you guys want to talk about before I go into my thing? <laughs> let's see. Um, Let's uh, let's take a look uh, while you guys are all just you guys are mostly just saying hi, which I appreciate. OK, so. What we'll do is I'll, I'll uh, since I did the shout out, I'll actually talk about two things because it'll make uh, uh, make it easy for me later. Real quick, while waiting for people to jump on here, um, let's talk about it's September, which you know what that means. Uh, we have merch, uh, new merch. Uh, it's the shirt of the month. I'll go ahead and share with you guys. If I can pick the right screen. Just thought I'd share. I was, uh, here we go. Shirt of the month is a, uh, is a St. Vincent style guitar. Uh, so it's pretty cool. Um, this is, uh, just in case you guys want something a little different, interesting enough. Um, uh, and there's a link, uh, on the website. So if you go there, you can go to that. But I thought I'd share that with you. I'll probably share it at the end of the show too. But uh, something to take note of, I, we were looking at the numbers today and here's just, I like to share stuff with you. 90, uh, I'm doing off memory. I thought it was 97. No, it was 96%. 96% of all shirts sold are the original uh, S-style, uh, Strat-style shirt. Uh, three point something like 3.1% were the Les Paul style shirts. And so all those other designs that we do for these limited edition shirts, I just want to give you an idea, scope of, of, of sales. Literally, if you have one of those lim 
limited month shirts, you really have a shirt. You're not going to probably, uh, some of those shirts I saw had a whopping like six sales. Some of them had like three sales. Some have eight sales. Um, so, uh, in scope, uh, it means literally it's as unique as you can get in the, in the grand scheme of how many shirts we make as a whole. So I just thought I'd share that with you. I thought that was cool to, to know if you got one of those limited edition or shirts, or if you got one of those monthly shirts, you have a shirt that's not very, uh, not very uh, common. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, any questions? Oh, another thing to point out too, I thought it'd be cool if you guys are watching live is uh, not only do I do the shout outs for the, uh, the top tier patrons that support the live show, obviously all the patrons support everything we do here on this channel, but the, what we call the top tier patrons, they physically support this live show. That's uh, this live show uh, is once it's finished, I timestamp it and I upload it to podcast, which is on iTunes and SoundCloud. There is no uh, revenue stream from that. And uh, the uh, podcast has outpaced the live show. Uh, what views on YouTube, which means there's more people listening to it on podcast than watching it. And so it's cool that those guys uh, are, are funding this. But I also want to point out that all the patrons uh, have an option, which is cool. And I'm just letting you br bring you to, to, to see it next to their names on the, uh, if you're looking at the, the, um, where people are typing, their names are in blue and they have a little wrench. So if you see somebody answer a question and they have their name in blue and a wrench, it's because when we hang out on the patron hangouts, we go into a lot of stuff in detail. And sometimes when you guys ask a question, a lot of them felt like, and I thought that was really cool that they understand why I can't answer all those little comments, but they felt they can because they, you know, maybe the question isn't interesting enough for a whole audience to view, but it's interesting, you know, something they can, they can speak about. So if you get a, I'm just letting you know, if you get a comment from somebody with a blue uh, name, uh, don't, don't think they just don't, you know, they're crazy. Uh, they, they literally have some background information on what's going on. So there you go with that. Uh, ah, oh, the full metal chief just did a super chat and says, see above message, but uh, how am I supposed to see this above message? Okay. Hold on a second. You guys always find a new way to, Hey, my screen's locked. Uh, okay. Let me see. Okay. I can find it. Because what I can do is I can find your maybe super chat. Okay, it says, I'm assuming this is the above me me uh, message. Uh, Full Metal Chief says, uh, Albert, uh, I don't want to say Teresa. Teresa? I'm sorry, Albert. I got Albert. <laughs> Albert says, hey, Phil, I got screwed this week. Bought a Made in Mexico Telecaster this week. Turned out to be a Made in Mexico neck on a Squire body with Squire Electronics. Any easy ways to spot a fake? Uh, so I'm not out $300 again. You know, that is super common. Um, what happened to you? And I'm so sorry that happened to you. It is the most common thing I think I've ever seen in the fraud of Fender. People think about the Chinese, you know, fake guitars. But Fender is definitely in the used Fender world. The problem is American and Mexican made guitars with swap parts. Um, you know what? I will. Uh, I will have ralph will be here tomorrow and ralph will help me we will i promise you albert we will do a video tomorrow i have actually a good example of to show you and uh how to spot when a fender is not a hundred percent that's what we'll call the video like how to spot when not when it's fake but how to spot when a fender is not a hundred percent uh authentic uh across the board and um there's some things you can do and i understand what happened um so the the that's the bad news hopefully you can uh, have some repercussions on the person that sold it to you if not i understand but the good news is this 
the most valuable thing on a guitar is the neck and it's the most expensive thing so think about this the made in mexico neck that you have that is an opportunity to put it on a new guitar body and start a new project so um maybe that'd be a good sharp in my axe I'm looking for some interesting stuff like that. You guys can put votes in there. Uh, Albert, you know how to get a hold of me. Ask Know Your Gear goes to me and Mike. Uh, by the way, Mike is the guy. If you get responses from Ask Know Your Gear from Mike, Mike is literally working three times harder than I am. <laughs> I don't know why, uh, but he is. And uh, so he's answering everything and then sorting you guys' his, uh, emails now. He's putting them in folders uh, for stuff to me answer. I cleared out a, uh, I, I have a queue now and I cleared out my queue this morning. I, I, I felt pretty good about that. Um, so uh, yeah, so Albert, maybe we can touch on that. I, I'm sorry to hear that, buddy, man. But let me, let's just say you're in a lot of company. It happens to a lot of folks. Um, what else do we got? Darren uh, Roskam says, thanks for answering my question last week. Uh, get a hamburger today, man. Ah, oh, it's, uh, you know what? I'm going to have a pizza. Um, you know, I didn't tell anybody on the, on the YouTube. I was, I was thinking about doing it or not. If you follow me on Instagram, you know, I started a thing in the beginning of August called KYG or hashtag KYG. <laughs> so old. <laughs> Hashtag pound sign, pound sign, KYG. Anyway, it's called KYG 4240. Uh, it's, I just let everybody on Instagram know my year goal. My, uh, the, my goal is to get 40 uh, million views, 200,000 subscribers, and uh, lose 40 pounds by January 1st. Uh, I let everybody know on September 1st, where I was the first month, the first month I'm down 20 pounds. Uh, and, uh, we have 170,000 subscribers and we have 36 million views. Now the views are the easiest thing because, uh, I'm, I'm on track to do better than 40 million by year end. Not much, maybe 41 million somewhere on there or 40, 40 and a half million. So all I gotta do is not slow down pace. You know what I mean? Uh, or lose track, uh, traction. I should be okay. The 200,000 subscribers. So, you know, is going to be an impossible task? Uh, I obviously, uh, looking at the numbers, it's a, it's a very hard task to do, but you got to shoot for something. The other 20 pounds to lose and then get through the holidays and keep all that weight off. That's going to be tricky too, but I think I got it. Like I said, uh, down 20 pounds. Friday is my cheat day, by the way. So that's the day I, I, uh, I kind of, you know, fall off the rails a little bit, not much. I don't, I still behave during lunch and stuff. It's just tonight at dinner. I'll, I'll uh, eat whatever the kids want to eat. Um, the, uh, so I thought I'd share with that. Uh, that segues into something else I want to mention. I'm going to put it in the link in the description. You know, the Tone King, which you, as you guys know, I've done some videos with him. He's, he's an OG man. He's been doing this for like 12 years on YouTube. Uh, you know, think about this. He was doing YouTube for probably six years before YouTube even knew, knew to pay anybody or have monetization. Uh, he's trying to hit a hundred thousand subscribers. He's been doing this a while and he wants to do that. So if you are a fan of the, the Tone King's channel and you haven't subscribed, I, I I think you should subscribe. Uh, like I said, it's nice to get the plaque. Do I have mine in shot? Let's see. Yeah, it's right there. That plaque, man. The plaque is, it's, you know, you've been doing it for 12 years. He's close. He's in high 80,000 subs. So just letting you guys know. You subscribe if you wish. Uh, you know what I mean? I've been subscribed from Tone King since 2008, I think. So there you go. That's where that's where I am with that. Um, okay, what else do we got? Um I don't know if I'll, I'm trying to figure out why it's doing this thing where it's trapping me on the super chat. All right, well, I'll do the super chat and then I'll try to hop back out of the super chats. It says, uh, this is from Improvis, Improvised Chaos, Chaos. Sure, 
Improvise chaos. Man, what? You know what it is? I'm just so used to everything being jumbled. When it's so easy, like improvise chaos, it just looked like it wasn't going to be that. Uh, it says, hey, Phil, what do you think about the uh, 2019 Gibson LP Junior Tribute DC at P90 in a mahogany body? Worth $800? Uh, worth $800. I have to touch it, but I would be lying if I didn't say it was on my radar. You know, there's something about those... Um, there's something about the 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 Les Paul Jr. kind of plank of wood uh, with a P90. It's just it's like it's like a real musician's guitar. No 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 sexy kind of curves. No crazy beautiful tops. No nothing. Just legit. Get the guitar. Get tone and get get going. Uh, so I picked up uh, something like uh, there's two versions. There's a P90. I picked up the humbucker version. I believe at the Guitar Center, um, and uh, I wasn't feeling it uh, right away. But uh, I, I want to go back to it. I, so you know, that's a guitar. So what do I think of it? I like it. Um, I, I really love the guitar. That guitar and like TV Yellow has been a guitar on my radar forever. Uh, I'm. In my head, I always hope I find one that I love so much that I just get rid of my real Les Paul because I can cash out. You know what I mean? Sell the Les Paul, take the money, put it in something like that less expensive and have the difference back in my bank account, but have something I love to play. My Les Paul, I love the way it sounds, but it's such a beast. It's, uh, you know, 10 and a half pounds. Just sometimes I just, you know, and as a lot of people say, so what? But everybody who comes over when they pick it up, this first thing they say, this is obnoxiously heavy. And I said, yeah, it, it does. It doesn't feel like 10 and a half pounds. It feels like 13 or 14 pounds. So, um, let's see what happens when I, why is this stopping me from, hold on a second. It has never done this before. It literally is stopping me from seeing your guys' comments. Maybe I have to close out the, no. Hmm. This is strange. So Brian Stewart says, never seen Phil play Les Paul. You know, almost all my original videos, I always play Les Paul. A little secret for you. Um, I play Les Paul a lot. There's a reason why I don't play Les Paul more, more on the videos. Um, and um, it's probably the last, uh, the, the very last reason you ever would think. Uh, you guys are all going to have all kinds of thoughts in your heads about Gibson or about any of this stuff. The truth is that Les Paul, what I learned about my Les Paul is everything I demo with it. The comments on the demo are fantastic. People love the way it sounds. And that guitar sounds so good that sometimes whatever I'm demoing gets to get a little bit of, you know, get some milk a little bit off that. Uh, in fact, I was looking one day and that's what I noticed. Like everything I demo with my Les Paul gets positive, positive reviews on the way it sounds, regardless of what it is. Um, and there's just something about that guitar. It, it plays good. And, I, and I'd be a little remiss if I didn't mention every once in a while when I'm having some trouble with a product sounding a good way or sounding a way I want, I thought it should sound in a video. I'll grab the Les Paul and see what happens. But in every time I've done that, if you look in those videos, I always have uh, the Les Paul. And then somewhere in the video, I play another guitar. And that's why I don't want to, you know, kind of cheat. But I don't know what it is about that Les Paul. And it's that Les Paul. The Les Paul that I own, I bought off one of my old teachers, uh, teachers that used to work for me, uh, Mike. Great guy. And he plays in a top 40 Motown band uh, and he gigs like three, four nights a week. That guitar is a 2005 and it has like 10 years, well, you know, more than that. But I mean, I bought it like three, four years ago. Um, it's got the mojo of being gigged all the time. You know what I mean? And the only reason, so, you know, he, he traded it to me because uh, it was heavy. 
You know what I mean? He, he used to take that and a Fender Twin to all his gigs. And he basically said, he goes, just it's just getting too much. So, uh, yeah, Les Pauls sound great, but they are they are heavy. Okay, so on that note, what did I have? go here. Hold on a second. I got to figure out why Super Chat. I feel like, like is this kind of, maybe I can't. Oh, there it is. I'm out. I was going to say, uh, is YouTube going to make me just answer Super Chats now? We'll have a problem. Uh, okay. Uh, no, but, uh, let's do two things. I'm going to answer some questions, but I want to talk about a subject, um, because, uh, it's stuff I want to talk about. So, uh, I pinned a couple things. There's something that happened this week and I'm kind of all fired up about, and I never really done this. You've never really seen me kind of do this. I want to talk about this, um, something that happened this week. Cause it's near and dear to my heart. Here's what happened. If for those of you who don't know, here we go. So basically, if you're familiar with JST, uh, it's Joey Sturgis Tones. They make plugins, and they make really good plugins. I've had good experiences with their with their product. Um, an independent reviewer, um, uh, basically. Oh, I feel horrible. Let's see. Uh, so an independent reviewer. I'm gonna go back to it. I have notes. Uh, his name is. Stay Metal Ray. Stay Metal Ray did an independent review. When I mean independent review, I mean he literally has like 1,400 subscribers. Uh, he's not a huge channel by any means. He does an independent review. He says he doesn't like it. I thought he was a little heavy-handed on the comments about that. In other words, you know, he was just laying it on that he really didn't like it. But, you know, uh, he you could tell he felt the burn. He, made, he bought the product and he was unhappy. So what happened with JST was they copyright striked his... Uh, his um, his video. Now, here's why I, I'm talking about this today. I, I want to talk to you guys because uh, sometimes you guys are a great barometer for me because I'm extremely upset, <laughs> to say the least. I want to tell you the way I see that situation. To me, that's like if you go to a restaurant and you have, you know, you don't like the meal, so you go on um, Yelp and you put a bad review. The restaurant calls the police and accuses you of stealing the food. Putting a copyright strike somebody is accusing them of stealing. In fact, it's actually, so you know, he he lied, uh, JST. They lied. They told YouTube that he copied material off their website. They basically, a copyright strike is fraud. It's saying, hey, they took this, my property, my, my copyrighted property and uh, used it, which is not what he did. Now, the end result with this, this was JST, JST did apologize. I'll put links to all this when I, as we're talking about when I replay this uh, for the replay. Um, they did apologize. That's important. And um, and I want to also clear this up because you know, guys know that Wampler was very unhappy. Brian Wampler from Wampler Pedals was unhappy with a, a review I did once. And they called me names like Bottom Feeder, YouTuber, and stuff like that. But that's name calling, and I'm okay with that. You know, he had his opinion, and uh, I respect him having his opinion. I don't really care what Forty said, but I respect his opinion. That is not what happened in this case. What happened in this case was they physically put a copyright strike against this YouTuber. Now, what happened was, so you know, YouTube backed the review it said hey your 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 opinions are yours and uh, no one can copyright strike that uh, you for that the problem i have with this is simple this is a scary thing to watch uh happen because this is an easy thing for a company to do if you guys uh, are like me and you watch a lot of youtube i watch a lot of movie review critics on youtube and they all constantly are complaining about the movie companies when they don't like a bad review copyright striking them for using clips in the movie which as we know falls under fair use but as we also know it's really hard because like this guy this um 
this metal heavy metal Ray or stay metal Ray, you know, uh, he's a veteran, you know, right. He's a, he's in his, he looks young. He looks like he's in his twenties. He's a, he's a military veteran. And basically he's not in a situation where he can fight a company. You know, he said in his video, and I, I really empathize what he said. He basically said, you know, YouTube sends you an email saying you should get an attorney. And he's like, get an attorney. I just put a on, you know, it's just a, it's like I said, it's not a paid for review. He's not a, a, a paid YouTuber. He's not really living off any kind of YouTube revenue. It's, he doesn't even look like he's trying to build a YouTube channel for revenue purposes. He puts some songs on there. And um, so I took this kind of personal and I'd like to know what your guys' thoughts are on this. I, I thought it was, uh, I thought it, this is this is one of the ramifications that I worry about sometimes about uh, the pay to play logic where you pay for reviews and then when you get a bad review, they overreact to the bad review because they never get bad reviews because I'm sure, you know, when you pay for reviews, you get a lot of good reviews. I don't know, um, but I'd like to hear you guys' thoughts. I'd love to hear your comments. I promise you guys more so than probably any other video, I will be reading every single person's comment and taking into consideration. Uh, and uh, and uh, thank you. And I, like I said, I want to say one more time that JST did apologize. That's a big part of that. Um, you know, I don't know what that means, but at least he apologized and he's got that going forward. Um, but I really want to think about that comment, uh, or that this whole instance. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Melissa B's like metal Ray has now has a hundred thousand subscribers. Well, you know, that's the funny thing. Things like this drama, like this does create, you know, I understand the comment she's making, but drama like this does help channels and stuff. I don't get the impression he saw like he, I'm sure when he made the video, the last thing he thought was going to happen was the company was going to come after him, accusing him of theft. Um, and another problem to happen, so you know, with it, and this is part of, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, you, you filter things through your own paradigm. In other words, you, you, um, you know, you empathize with people. I empathize with uh, Stay Metal Ray because of the fact that I'm a prior service, I'm in the, I was in the army as well. And I agree with him about the seven core values in the army, you know, um, you know, loyalty, duty, respect, selflessness, honor, integrity, you know, um, personal courage. He's like, I take those things seriously. I agree. I take those things very seriously too. You, any of you guys who watch my channel know that is something I obviously take very seriously. So I understand what he's saying in his video that being accused of a thief is way more upsetting than, uh, you know, than anything else. I agree with that. I think that's where I, I was upset for him as well. I thought the company uh, and the company did admit that they went too far, but Sometimes I, I, it's not about JST pedals and what they did. It's about other companies and making sure they understand that if they ever try to pull that, they'll be, they'll be sorry. Um, because we're not going to take it as a community, you know, uh, th they had every right to make a counter video or even contact them and say, Hey, we thought your video was unfair and we'd like another shot. So that's what I wish a lot of companies would just send me an email. Hey, you know, that video, we hated it. Could you do another? I would love that opportunity. Uh, instead, they just want to tell me how horrible I am. <laughs> So, uh, or how I don't know something or I, like I said, it always starts the negative. You, you're never going to get anywhere insulting somebody first. So, okay. Uh, we'll go on to the next uh, thing. Uh, we have JJ NJ says, Hey, I got a Harley Benton SG three H. Uh, it's awesome. $150 in upgrades as good as original 63. Tallman is five star. Hey, that's great. Good. I love hearing that feedback. Uh, it's it's good to hear about Harley Benton's uh, from people who you know put their money out and see what they think because that's the that's what we're trying to figure out, right? When you get the end or the, uh, the the video reviews, which the product is sent to the view, video 
person, which is nothing wrong with that. But you know, you're trying to weigh out, you know, when somebody puts their heart on money, does the value align? Uh, J, J and J is letting us know it is. That's good to know. You know, funny part today, I put on Instagram and on YouTube out of four companies, which was uh, not in any particular order, Sweetwater, Tom and uh, Guitar Center and, uh, and uh, Sam Ash. I said, who, who has the best reputation? Without a doubt, uh, Sweetwater won by a landslide. <laughs> But it was like 60% in both, both categories. They won. And then Tallman and Guitar Center was last. And the reason I thought that was interesting, the reason I asked you guys for those that answered the survey, thank you so much. I was curious because to me, Guitar Center, well, not to me, it is, it is the largest seller of product, I think, in the world. I think they beat Tallman for sure in volume of sales. Uh, so I think it's funny the winner always has the worst reputation. So um, that's a weird thing. It's kind of like when everybody's like, I hate Walmart, but then they're like the biggest. Um, so odd things like that. Uh, but that's good feedback. Thank you. Uh, what else? Uh, yes. Uh, Watchmen for you says Sweetwater Rocks. I have great experiences with Sweetwater. If you guys saw this week's video where I did the unboxing, I think if uh, I think the, the majority of you guys took the video is exactly what it was. Uh, I did enjoy the guitar and I sent it back. Sweetwater made everything, the process, uh, very, very painful. No, painless, unpainful. Take that right. It's painless. Uh, but so, you know, something I, I, I got to tell you, I had an actual great experience with Sweetwater actually right before that as well. So I continue to go to Sweetwater. Sweetwater gets the majority of my online dollars, you know, and it will continue to do so. Uh, a bad guitar experience happens. You know, I just didn't love the guitar and there was a lot of things. I, I really wanted the video out there for the uh, for the main reason, which was, I think a lot of you guys and, and gals, uh, really relate to this. Sometimes when you really want something and you're kind of fantasizing about it and it's like this thing that you want and it shows up and it doesn't, you know, it has a negative effect. In other words, it's just not what you were hoping for. Your sometimes your instant reaction to it is like, ah, I just, I don't even want it now. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Cause you, you built it up so much and that's what happens. Okay. Uh, what else do we have? Let's go back again. I keep getting stuck. There we go. You know what it is? I wonder ah, if I double click on it. Okay. Let's find a non super chat, super chat guys. You guys are all pinned. I won't lose any of you. I promise. Uh, let's see. Let's find, let's find some non, uh, super chat questions. Give everybody the ones that are pushing really hard to get a question in there. Uh, since there's not almost 900 of us hanging out. Um, let's see, uh, just so you know, Poe Ninja says, I love my new Harley Benton, just under 300 bucks, put another $150 in getting frets done up. Nice. It's amazing machine. That's good to know. Uh, like I said, I, I overall hear good things about Harley Benton. I, I've heard very, very few negative things. So, um, Neil at uh, Zim's Guitars wants to know, why do I like the su uh, Supro Trimmel Verb, which is the one behind me, the one I like, over the Super Comet? You know, uh, so I, I Supro Comet. I had the Supro Comet, and I think Neil knows that. I think he remembers I had that amp. Um, you know, uh, Neil, it's funny thing is, I I don't know what it is. The Supro Comet is amazing. It, it's an amazing amp. It has this weird mid-tone that I liked but didn't like as much. This is beefier sounding. But it's a 50-50 shot. In fact, the Supro, the problem with Supro amps for me, there's a problem with them. And I've said this uh, many times before. They make so many different versions of amps. And when I go through them, all of them are like 10% different than each other. They're like, this is a little different and this is a little different. 
And so you're like, well, which one do you get? It's it's really sensory overload. You know, it's the confuse them before you close them logic of sales. It's they've presented so many choices that are so lightly different from each other um, that I had trouble settling on which amp to get. And that's the way I end up going. Um, but I can honestly say very easily, I could have bought three other or four other Supro amps because they were all really good and they were so close to each other and what they did. Uh, the comment was one of my favorites. And what's funny about that is same thing with the Tremo Verde and the comment. Both have 10 inch speakers. I'm not a 10 inch speaker fan. I'm a 12 guy, but for some reason, those amps just spoke to me. Uh, Fender Rick 55 says, Hey Phil, I recently cover, uh, converted my strat from single, single, single to HH. Why are we still doing point to point soldering and making big rats nest of wires? No modern connector methods. Uh, yeah, the, I understand. I got this up uh, before this qu great question was the best way I've ever heard that question asked was somebody said that they're into RC model building or RC, you know, airplanes and stuff. And apparently in RC building, I don't do RC planes but i guess it's all clips right makes sense everything comes like clip together um you know it has to do with an industry kind of standardizing things obviously gibson does clipping now and now emg is doing the fast clipping system and you're seeing the clipping system going but if you notice no one's using a standardized clipping system and this is not uncommon look at how hard it is to get usb and phone connectors to you know you know, be universal we're getting the closest we ever been uh, been with the uh with the uh, USB-C and now what's it, the Lightning Bolt 3, right? Where they're both uh, interchangeable to, to, to some degree. My understanding is that the uh, Lightning Bolt 3 uh, from, from Apple can go into USB-C and USB-C can go into uh, Lightning Bolt 3, but uh, there's some some features Lightning Bolt 3 won't activate through regular USB-C. I don't get too crazy into it, but you get what I'm saying. The problem is, is we can't even get colors standardized. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you know, DiMargio and, and Seymour Duggan are perfect examples. DiMargio uses the red as the hot on the pickup, where Seymour Duncan uses the black as the hot on the pickup. Uh, and I think DiMargio uses black as ground on a humbucker pickup, and Seymour Duncan uses green as ground. So just think about that as a clipping nightmare, right? Uh, so that's mainly why. Um, but yeah, I wish they can, and I think it will happen soon. I think uh, over time, uh, things will standardize. Here's another factor too. You got to think about Fender Rick. Um, the real, the real reason is this now, now, literally right now, the industry is having a surge in modifications. So in other words, people are modding instruments more than ever before. And that is because a lot of players are starting to realize that these, uh, these affordable guitars that are in the two, 100, 200, 300, 400 up to $500 price range, add another couple hundred dollars into them. And you have great instruments. A lot of players have a different mentality. Nothing wrong with that. But the uh, what I call the good money after bad mentality. Hey, I'm not shoving $300 into a $300 guitar. Um, and so because of the mentality shift where a lot of players right now are saying, hey, I'll shove $400 into a $200 guitar, regardless if anyone agrees or disagrees with that logic, it's happening. The industry sees it because modification sales are at all times highs right now. Com companies that are in selling modification parts, that's why you're seeing so many new parts pop up like crazy um, because the market has really been booming with this. And uh, I think that's going to universalize some of those modifications. I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, and I think that's why the Sharp Max series got so uh, so ex so much excitement behind it because of the fact that we like watching modifications. What are you going to do to your guitar? I want to do it to my guitar, so to speak. Um, and, uh, you know, stuff like that. Okay. Um, 
George, uh, George wants to know, hey, Phil, now that all the PRS's uh, SEs are made in Indonesia, what's the difference between a custom and a standard besides the maple veneer? It's a great question. Um, you know, that is a really great question. But so, you know, I don't think they're all made in Indonesia. I know this is a confusing. There are still some SEs made in uh, Korea, at least as far as I know, the seven strings are still made in Korea, uh, but they're probably moving Cortec. Cortec in Indonesia, who's making it? Cort guitars. Um, um, but I'm sure there are some spec differences, uh, specification differences, but I understand that uh, to us as players, we have that building hierarchy and a lot of us thinking, hey, the Korean ones, just being made in Korea makes them a higher end guitar. Um, maybe that would be a fun video to do a comparison between those two. Uh, that's something that I maybe could get PRS to do. If I reach out to them and say, can I get my hands on a standard and a custom SE24 and do a comparison or 22 and do a comparison, they might send me those guitars. I have a really hit or miss thing with PRS. I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, as you guys know, I wanted to review the Tremonti. I asked to review one and it was like, I don't know. I ended up buying one myself off eBay. So I will ask. Uh, the The problem is, is it's, I try, I do a lot of that stuff. I, I would definitely be willing to buy one of those guitars to review, but I can't buy two of them to review. It just gets too expensive, uh, you know, on the channel, the burden, the financial burden gets too much for the channel. But maybe if I reach out to PRS uh, and uh, I ask really, really nice, pretty, pretty please, maybe they'll, they'll be willing to do one. I'm curious myself, so I'd like to know as well. Okay, uh, on that note, let me scoop a couple of questions over here that we may have missed. Um. Uh, okay, so Craig asked if I heard anything on the audio, auto impedance sensing cabinets. If you guys remember last week, he, uh, he, I was asked about uh, impedance sensing cabinets by Ignator, and I said I would reach out to Bruce Ignator on Facebook. I did reach out to Bruce Ignator on uh, Facebook. He did not respond to me, but so you know, his amp building class starts tomorrow, so that could be because he's working on that. I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know, unfortunately, but I did. I can tell you this. I did send him a message through Facebook asking Bruce if he could answer the question uh, and I didn't hear anything back. So I will um, not now because like I said, he is going to be teaching a amp building class. If you guys don't know, Bruce Egner teaches a class like there's a like a fall one and a and a spring one you know right uh on how to build it you know it's like a three-day course and he teaches you how to build an amp and you build an amp i think it's like 1500 bucks uh even asked me to review the amps but think of this he asked me to review the amps and he went dark i never heard from him again so i, I don't know i'm sure he's busy <laughs> how about that uh so i will follow up again but i'll give it uh the i'll try to in the middle of next week so maybe next fr next friday i promise again to message him again and follow up and see if i can get him to answer the question um Freaks, Ed, you, yeah, I'm not even going to try, man. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, says, any thoughts on Bernie Fernandez guitars? Uh, what about their sustainer pickups? Thanks. I, I love Fernandez guitars uh, with the sustainer pickups. It's one of those guitars that's like, I've almost bought a Jackson with a sustainer. I've always wanted a kind of sustainer. It just seems kind of fun. Uh, I'm a huge of N7Fold fan and uh, Sinister Gates, obviously a sustainer in his guitar. Um, just don't see Fernandez guitars. Somebody asked me about checking them out at the NAM show this year and I didn't see them. So, uh, I think they were there. I just didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't happen to go, go buy it. Um, 
So Matt R says, when do you, uh, when will you do the Stu Mac versus Harbor Freight comparison? I want to buy a setup tools, but not break the bank. Should I reference your toolbox bid? Okay. So Matt, so, you know, I went to uh, Harbor Freight to film the video. I want to say two weeks ago and it was uh, pretty not awesome. Uh, so a lot of times the downfall of doing this gig for a living is you make a lot of content. You know, you hear about that about musicians. They make a lot of songs. They don't make the albums. And then they look back and they have hundreds of songs that never made any albums. I have the same problem. I have hours and hours of footage that just, when I go, when I sift through it, there's just not anything interesting there. Um, I decided to go a different way than Harbor Freight. I'm going to try to do it online. I'm trying to see, I'm going to, what I'm going to do is this is the plan. So this is that video though, worked to this idea that I'm working on now, which is I'm going to build a, I did the toolbox, which was a restring toolbox. I'm doing the, uh, not ultimate setup, uh, toolbox. I'm doing the basic setup toolbox, everything you need for a basic setup. And then what I did is I, I did a hundred percent stew Mac is my plan on that. And then I'm going to find all of the knockoff tools and order them uh, myself, okay? And uh, and then do a comparison on that. And I thought that would be cool. Uh, and then I'll give links where I got all this stuff online and stuff. Uh, so that's what I do. Uh, the, the Harbor Freight just thing just did not work out. There are some tools that look like, you know, um, <laughs> they look like the tools that you get from Stumac, but some of them are scary. Other than like, you know, you can get, you know, a multimeter from, uh, you know, uh, 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 Harbor Freight and you can get, you know, calipers and stuff like that. I mean, realistically though, uh, a lot of the files and stuff, it's just, you know, I was thinking about it going, do I really want to take this weird file at Harbor Freight and try to compare it when I can just buy a knockoff one on, uh, on, and so, and I plan to, this is where the trick is. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you will ask me, uh, you know, instead of just showing you the difference, could I use them? So I'll use the Chinese knockoff ones and see what happens. I'm really curious to see what happens um, because I'm a big fan of Stumac. You know, I think that's very evident in my videos. You know, Stumac's reach out to me and work with me now a couple of times on some stuff. And and um, you guys will see to what degree soon with, uh, there's a video coming uh that has to do with stumac uh not like sponsored or anything like that but they're involved you know they, they sent some product uh to help a, a, a viewer out but uh that being said uh you know i have no problem pointing out when a better products out there especially if it can save you guys some scratch because uh you know the more you know what's the what's walmart saying the more you save the more you have hate walmart but the saying is great uh let's go back whoa it's like a million there's 948 of us. I can always tell as soon as it starts moving too fast. Okay. Uh, oh, Ronnie. Hey, it says, hey, Phil, what pedals are currently on your chain? Ronnie, do I have a video for you? I will be. Uh, so I decided you'll be noticing uh, so, uh, some videos coming more rapidly than normal. Um, messing with some stuff. I have some some videos. One video is I'm building up some pedal boards. I'm going to travel to California. I'm taking a pedal board with you, uh, with me. Not with you, with me, Ronnie. You're not for you, for me. Anyways, uh, and so I'm going to show you that. But um, I'm going to build a couple pedal boards to show you guys what pedal boards I'm using right now. And also, uh, I want to build a pedal board uh, because I want to do some giveaways with the pedal board, and not not a silly giveaway. Like I have a, a legitimate giveaway uh, thing I want to do, like literally with like a pedal board that I built and stuff. So something like that. I'm I'm trying to work that out. Um, 
trying to keep it exciting. Uh, probably to s focus around the new website. If you guys go to the knowyourgear.net uh, website, you see we put a lot of information on there. Uh, and uh, like we do the history of gear. Um, and uh, th that is uh, something I'm very passionate about. This week, by the way, was uh, uh, history of Alice Cooper. So if you go to the knowyourgear.net, you can read all about the history of Alice Cooper and how he... Uh, you know how he changed gear and uh, anyway so my point is uh so something to promote that would be was something we can do um yeah and matt harrison see when i was talking about answering questions stuff he says hey there's a lot of uh, budget luthier tools available on amazon uh i bought most of them he says haha yeah see uh good example i i plan to that's probably where i will go to buy most of the tools is on Amazon. I'm not a big fan of these weird, uh, you know, sites where you buy stuff and then they say, you know, the, the knockoff stuff. I, I just not really familiar with them. Amazon I'm familiar with. So I'll go to Amazon and that's, that's kind of where I plan to buy, uh, the tools. One of the things I, I plan to check out. So you guys know is I, I really like the ESP, uh, wrench that I get. I buy mine from Stu Mac, which you can buy it on Amazon as well. And, uh, one of the things is they have a knockoff version. A lot of people ask me about the knockoff version. So I thought, Oh, I should buy the knockoff version. It's considerably less and I never tried it. So I have trouble suggesting to you anything I've never tried. Uh, please understand when I suggest a tool, when I, you know, when I say something like, you know, in those videos, when I say, this is what I use, it literally is what I've used for a while, not just something I grabbed that day and said, oh yeah, this is a good tool. Like my, my tools, the, in fact, uh, so, you know, when I did the, uh, just a funny note, this is how my involvement with Stu Mac got it and, and uh, interacted was I reached out to Stu Mac because when I did my ultimate restring tackle box, all of my Stu Mac tools were so old, they don't look like the new Stu Mac tools. So I reached out to Stu Mac and asked him to send me some of the tools that look more like their new tools for the for the video, because I was concerned that if you saw my file or my caliper, and I said, oh, it's a Stu Mac caliper, and you go on their website and theirs looks different now, you would be like, well, why is it different? And I'd have to go, well, I've had mine for 10 years. So, uh, so there you go. Um, Okay, what else do we got? Uh, oh, Bubba says, hey, I see you got the Variax on the wall. Did you make a video about it yet? Uh, if not, uh, what are your thoughts on it so far? Okay, so Bubba, I have not done a video on it yet. Uh, I have uh, started the filming of the official Helix uh, video. It will be out this week. I, I will be doing a video of... Uh, Line 6 asked me in the email if I would do a video of the Helix and the Variax guitar. I, I may... But I promise you, I will be doing a video of the Helix and the Varax guitar, another separate. The Varax guitar, the first issue I will tell you all around the gate, which is why there's not an immediate review of it, is it is the action is really high and it's really hard to play the way it's set up out of the box. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and just set the guitar up. I will include that in the video, uh, the quick setup and what I did and why I decided to do that. So I'll be setting the instrument up to play it. Um, the reason is, is because some of my first reactions to it are a little tough to gauge because I'm kind of like, I don't know, I'm strumming weird chords because I'm trying not to push the string sharp because they're so high and, and the intonation seems a little weird to me. So, so there you go. Um, oh, uh, JJ and J says, Hey, opinion on the Framus XG thinking about getting one. I, I did the, uh, sharp max of the Framus XG. I bought the, um, main China one, uh, from, from Framus. And then I sold it to a patron, uh, to fund it, to fund the video, to be honest with you. I, I, I bought it and then I sold it to to churn money. Uh, you'll notice that a lot, especially with YouTubers, we just can't hang on to everything. You know, if you guys notice, like sometimes my gear plumes up and then it shrinks back down. I got, I got, 
I got to keep this stuff fluent if I expect to get new gear in for you guys to see, you know what I mean? So some stuff has to go. The frame is XG, uh, is, is, is awesome. Uh, it, it, I like the main China one so much. Uh, I liked the one that the tone King has. I played it at GitCon. And I liked it. Um, that neck is thick, but boy, does it have tone and I don't mind that it's chunky. It, it feels comfortable. Like I said, I, and, and so, you know, Felix loves that guitar. <laughs> like he loves that guitar. I've even played Phil's his actual, one of his actual ones. So, uh, let's see. Uh, David says, David, uh, Moser set says, uh, night, no rice juice, bread, simple carbs, lose weight. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I'm not on a diet. Uh, that's something, uh, you know, somebody was asking me about on the uh, Instagram. I I'm not on a diet. All I did is I've adjusted the diet a little bit. It's really easy. Uh, I, I really haven't changed a, a thing for me. The biggest thing I have to do is I have bad habits in the way I like to eat. In other words, one of the things I like to do is skip breakfast and lunch and then eat dinner around 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. Uh, it's not the best deal. I tend to work a lot during the day and I tend to sometimes just not think about meals until I sit down. And then when I sit down, uh, so that's one thing, but most importantly, like which to your point, uh, it, it, I added more food into my diet. If that makes sense. Basically I just took, Hey, this is the food I think is healthy. I try to, I turn that into 60, 70% of the food I eat. This is the food that's not as healthy or not healthy. And I made that less than 10% of the food I eat. That's basically it. So, um, so the, the hardest thing about eating right. Uh, so, you know, is that, uh, my kids, uh, are in their, their teens, you know, my you know, young teens, but teens and, uh, they're both thin as rails and they eat whatever they want. So eating with them is a hard thing to do. <laughs> So when you, you, if you guys are dads out there, you'll understand what I'm saying. You know, everybody remembers when they were 17 and they used to eat a bowl of cereal out of a salad bowl, like, like this big in the afternoon. Uh, I think everybody did that. <laughs> At least I remember all my friends doing that. Um, so when I watch my son, eat like a bowl of cereal out of a bowl, you just get jealous. Like, man, I remember those days. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, there you go. What else do we got? Um, okay. Shut up. Let's talk. Said he bought a Fender FSR, which is Fender special, special run nor strat and love it. But the guy didn't tell me that it had a strip truss rod. Any advice? Yes. Take it to a professional luthier. The truss rod can be fixed. Strip truss rod, uh, even on a Fender is very salvageable. Uh, it's, going to be tricky. C keep in mind, the reason I say take it to a, 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 a well-respected luthier is that there are tools that will, that are specially designed for that issue. Uh, the one I use is really great. It lets me grab the end of the truss rod and lets me kind of counter, uh, you know, take it off and put a new piece on that. Sometimes you're lucky if that happens. Uh, but the reason why I really suggest you not to mess with it yourself is because the concern is if you make it worse, then, uh, you know, delaminating the trust or delaminating the fretboard and getting in there is probably the only uh, foreseeable thing, but that's something to think about. Um, and as, like I said, see what they say. Also make sure that they see it and see what is stripped about it. So there you go. Uh, strip trust rods. A lot of people, I always tell people I have trust rod fear about, you know, messing with trust rods. Yeah, they don't break, they strip. That's the problem with trust rods. A lot of people always think like the neck's going to crack. That's not what happens. What happens is exactly, uh, what shut up. Let's talk is posted is that they strip out. Um, 
one of the things that you can do also is be aware. One of the things that uh, any any good tech is going to have. I have a set of tapered uh, 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 wrenches, Allen wrenches, uh, in my shop. Uh, tapered, they come they they come to a kind of like a point, and so when I when I use them, at some point they grab. No matter how stripped out something is, they grab in there. They work great. That's why uh, usually a competent tech or luthier will have tools designed to get to fix that problem, and. Uh, what you're looking for, don't tell them up front, but what you're looking for is a is somebody that when you hand them that guitar and they look at it and they go, oh yeah, I got this. This is, you know what I mean? You, you'll you see it in their tone in their face. They look like, if they start hemming and hawing like, oh no, go get a second opinion real fast because sometimes uh, you want somebody who, who, who literally has done it enough times to know what the, what, what the deal looks like. Um, what else do we got? Jeff Harper says, I'm looking for, for what upgrades I should do to a Seafoam Green Squire Bullet? I just purchased. I'm thinking of the Wiggins pickups to start. I have Wiggins pickups in my uh, Bullet, uh, so <laughs> obviously I like them for that. Uh, William Wiggins makes great pickups, uh, fantastic pickups by hand in Tucson, Arizona. And uh, if you guys haven't seen them, they're made of wood. They're fantastic, and they're reasonably priced for what they are for sure. Um, and I don't have any sponsorship deals or anything like that. Um, although, so you know. Uh, William is trying to give me a set, uh, right now as we speak, he's reached out to me and he said, Hey, I'd like to send you a set for another Sharper Max video. So, uh, so whether, well, he said I could keep them or use them for a Sharp Max video, which is only interesting because the last time he sent me a set, I used him in Sharp Max video. So we'll see what happens. Like I said, I have a set though that I bought from him. I paid for it and I have it in my Squire Bullet. Uh, other upgrades for sure is the nut, man. Uh, replace the nut, improve that right away. And, uh, and then maybe tuning keys and then spend some time on those frets. And I think those are some good uh, purchases to, uh, to, to validate and, uh, do that. And what I like about the guitars like that is you can pop the nut out and keep the nut and then literally put in a new one, like a graph tech and shape it a little bit. And if you mess it up, you know, what's a, what's a, what's a nut cost, you know, 15 bucks, 10 bucks. Uh, if you mess one or two up, it's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? It's a lot of money, but not a lot of money. If you know what I mean? Okay. Uh, I am still, I am still trying to figure out why it traps me in it's never done this before. I know it's YouTube. It's like trying to make me. Hold on a second, guys. It's almost a thousand of us. There's 965 of us. Okay, YouTube. Why? Okay, I'm out. All right. Uh, like I said, the super chats are hanging up to today, and I'm like wondering if that's just something they want us to do. Uh, okay. Whew, a lot, <laughs> a lot of comments, a lot of questions. Yeah. Tyler's like, YouTube doesn't want us to know our gear. Um, Okay, I'm sorry, guys. I know it's going, to, but I'm just looking in through you guys' stuff to see what you guys have, what questions. David wants to know, thoughts on the Ryan a Adams VCR pedal? Haven't tried it. And you know I'm a huge Ryan Adams fan. In fact, he came out with another pedal this week, right? Like, didn't, like, wasn't like 50 videos about it on YouTube? Um, that was one of the things I also penned as a discussion today was, 
I had a weird thing happen to me. I'm curious again, <laughs> what you guys think about this? I had a company and I'm not going to tell you what company because I really, really don't want any negative, negative things to happen to this company. They're super awesome. They reached out to me and said, Hey, we have a new product coming out. This is a while back. And they said, we want you to review it, but I had to agree that I wouldn't release the review until after all of their paid for reviews had been released. Um, uh, and, and paid for meant all their reviews that they paid ads to put out all the YouTubers that they'd worked out arrangements with. And of course their own, their own videos. They told me in, in ex almost exact words, they liked how organic my videos were. I thought that was a nice compliment and they want to uh, have an opportunity for me to, to review the product, but they don't know what I'm going to say and they don't want to curtail what I'm going to say. They just don't want me to have, they just don't want me the first thing somebody sees <laughs> uh, is maybe what crazy things I might say. Now I didn't think anything of that, but then what happened was another company, same thing. They were about to do a market blitz and I would send products out to a bunch of YouTubers. Same thing. They reached out to me and said, we want you to, to have this product and we the release date is on this date, but we have some, some things that I had agreed to. That product did not work out for me. I did not do the review of it uh, because the way it was stated to me wasn't that I had to guarantee a good review by any means, but it was stated that, you know, it's like, they were going to purposely make me wait now. So you guys understand this is the problem with that. When companies, I love that companies are recognizing that there's some honesty here or there's some transparency here or whatever you want to call it. But I also got to tell you guys the, that it's kind of weird because when a company wants to review a product, but they're telling me to hold back until everybody's done it. That means literally, yeah, you, the audience, my subscribers, you'll see it, but to get new traction out there, to get new people to recognize this channel, it puts a hindrance. And even though I put in the same work as everybody else, I, I literally get less views that way. And I've almost to the point where, so my question to you is simple. And again, I just want you guys' feedback in the comments. I promise I'll be looking for them. Uh, when these companies that, and, and, and now it's not even where companies are telling you this. I'm just starting to notice all of a sudden I watch 50 reviews of a product out there. And then a week or two after that happens, then the company reaches out to me. And the only thing I find interesting about that is I could say I'm paranoid, but I'm not. But I could definitely tell you this, the cha my channel rates, in other words, you know, it's a large channel now, 170,000 subscribers, 36 million views. I mean, I'm, on, I'm not large, you know, huge channel by any means, but let's just say I'm on the radar. And uh, I am noticing more and more companies really want my reviews pushed back. Uh, past all the other reviewers. And um, uh, so my feeling is I just don't want to review those products at all anymore. So that's what I'm asking you guys. Do you think when companies are uh, purposely trying to push my review behind everybody else's, um, and this is, so you know, this has been to the point where a lot of the reviews I've done recently where I've had the product in timely manner to review, I purchased it with my own money. And, um, you know, even though the company was trying to give it to me, I can tell you two times right now where a company agreed to give me a product, but I went out and purchased it with my own money because they weren't going to give it to me until weeks after. And so I was like, uh, after everybody else had it and reviewed it. So I don't know. You guys let me know what you think. I'm always curious. You guys always, like I said, you guys are the great barometer. Sometimes you guys will tell me if I'm not being mean enough, being too nice, being too mean, whatever it is. Yeah. And Matt, Mad Town, Town, uh, Mad Town, Brian, uh, thank you. He says subscribe because your honesty and integrity. Thank you, man. You know what I mean? For me, it's, there's a lot of channels that are honest and, and have integrity. I, I love, I love a lot of channels. I, like I said, I watch YouTube way too much. Um, but, um, but, uh, uh, 
you know, okay, Guitar Pit. Good example. Guitar Pit says, I don't think you want to rev the, uh, uh, do you not want the Rev G3 pedal to review from uh, after 600 of the same identical videos are already out, already bored with it by then. See, that's my point uh, is with the Rev pedal is a good example. You know, uh, Pete Thorne just released a review of it and I'm, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure it's awesome because Pete's awesome and he plays awesome. And so it's going to sound awesome. You know, Pete is an amazing guitar player and an amazing engineer. If it doesn't sound awesome, that's the tell from Pete Thorne, right? If he ever reviews anything and it doesn't sound awesome, you know that, you know, I mean, that guy can make anything sound great. So if it doesn't sound great, there's the problem. Um, Rev, funny part, I told the patrons this. I'll tell you guys this, this is a funny story. I wanted to review the Rev G3. And um, so I, my wife knew that. And so she tried to buy me one. And uh, my wife's kind of funny. So I thought I'd share this. Um she reached, I guess Rev sells them direct. I didn't know that. <laughs> so my wife uh, reached out on Reverb to buy one direct from Rev. But I guess on Rev's uh, Reverb, it says, you know, make an offer. Well, if you guys watch my channel, obviously my wife knows a little bit about my channel too. And she said, hey, my husband always puts in an offer. So I'd never put the thing if it says, especially if it says make an offer. So my wife made an offer for 10% off and they sent her an email that says, we are not discounting this product because it's new. And so my wife told me that she can't buy from them because they're idiots, because only an idiot would put make an offer and then tell somebody that they're not taking offers. And then I couldn't buy one because she looked like she would think less of me if I bought one. <laughs> I just thought I'd share the story. Um, I just thought that was a weird thing to to have a, a problem of. But so, you know, still want a Rev G3 pedal. Uh, in fact, I, I thought about getting one from uh, um, Flipside Music. So, uh, there you go. The uh, flip side music. So, you know, I went to buy one from him. He does PayPal. My problem is I have all this credit and reverb dollars for where I sold some stuff. So I was going to try to use my reverb credit dollars, which is my wife was going to use too. Uh, and it didn't work out. So, Nathan's guitar says, what do you think of custom shop Fender guitars? I own a custom shop Fender guitar. Um, and I think they're very overpriced for what they are. And I get in trouble when I say that every time, but when I say they're overpriced, I mean, you know, they're worth what people are going to pay for them. I bought one, uh, because as I'm a Fender fan, I like Fender strats. And I thought, Hey, that logic led me to believe if I love American strat and I love a Mexican strat and I love a deluxe strat, then I'm going to really love a custom strat. I love my custom strat. Um, the problem I have with my custom strat is not with the guitar itself. It's with this one issue. When I bought my Fender custom strat, um, I'll tell you uh, exactly. I think the street on my guitar was $2,400 or $2,600 for my Strat. My understanding now is if you want uh, that gold, that copper Strat you guys see me play, if you want one like that now from Fender, I think it costs more like six grand. So it's hard for me to say, yeah, <laughs> because I can tell you right now, um, I didn't pay 26 for mine and 26 is already out of my, my comfort zone budget. So 6,000 is nuts as well too. But that's part of why I'm, so you know, my, I'm dead set to go to GNL guitars in California in the next weeks and do the video with them because they're doing custom shop guitars for $2,400, something like that, two to $3,000 custom shop guitars. So that sounds great. I'm excited about that, but you know, you got to kind of get your hands in there and find out what that really means. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to drive down there because what I figure is I can go to GNL 
drive down there, do some content for you guys, do some investigating, have some fun and look at some guitars. And if it's a really a deal worth having, it's worth having, because let me tell you this, uh, normally, you know, we all know the reselling of value on a GNL is not that great. You know, Shane and the blues has talked about that on his channel. And I agree with him. That's the biggest drawback to companies like heritage guitars and GNL, their resale value is horrible. And a lot of people's like, Hey, I don't care about the resale value. But the reality is, is sometimes it takes a couple guitars before you find the one that you're going to stick with for a long time. And, uh, you know, when you have to resell them, you take hits, it gets harder to get to the next guitar. So, uh, I know that's not going to change me going down there and checking out their factory isn't going to change their resale value. But if I can learn more and we can talk about more on this channel, maybe I can help and we can learn together uh, how to make less or fewer mistakes when maybe purchasing those GNLs that will cause a, a, uh, to have you to sell it. So we'll see. Well, we're curious. Like I said, I really plan. And so, you know, I don't know how GNL is going to take this, but I plan on taking my Fender custom shop with me when I go to California. That is the bar in which I'm going to say, Hey, look, blow this guitar away. Show me your guitar better than this guitar. Uh, I think they're up for it. I think they really do. I think they really have uh, a point in their, in their company's uh, history now where they're like, Hey, you know what? They, maybe they want to embrace this new uh, community that we have here on social media. And a lot of you guys, I think will appreciate if you can buy custom made uh, Strat Tele style guitars. Uh, like I think the Doheny is amazing. I'll put a link when the re the Doheny, that's like one of the guitars I've been, I've been salivating over. Um, especially getting one with maybe humbuckers. I don't know. But uh, anyways, the, the point is, I, I'm really curious. So we'll talk about that. Um, okay, what else do we got? Uh, yeah, HK says GNL has great service too. Or no, Kennedy Clark said that. It jumped too fast. Uh, Kennedy Clark, uh, the... Uh, and then HK said GNL are growing resale will rise. I I well you know part of the thing is about GNL is is that you know they had talked to me a year or two ago if you guys recall those of you guys have been fans or are, are subscribers of the channel for a long time you guys know that GNL and I have had a long conversation about talking about GNL and they constantly bring up the fact that they don't have the budget to advertise like Fender and I and I've constantly reiterated to them that there is now YouTube. There are formats with, you know, in, in Instagram, there is a way to educate consumers about your product that doesn't cost a fortune. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I'm curious, like I said, and I'm curious. Um, so, you know, there you go. Uh, okay, real quick, let's hop around. We're getting, we're on the hour, but we're, we're going to go a little over. As you guys know, the, the super chats bias overtime, if that makes any sense. So you guys know, I try to hit some questions and not lose any, time but when i do the super chats i pin them uh and put the ones that are in overtime so we can go a little longer um okay brian stewart hey brian by the way i heard you got a job somewhere and it might rhyme with smam mash <laughs> anyway <laughs> anyways says uh after our exchange i bought an evh stripe series bumblebee i saw your video and it's great set up perfect out of the box thanks man yeah i told you brian so you guys know what brian's talking about was brian bought a uh like me he bought a telly uh, humbucker humbucker style he got the chris shiflet which is a really good guitar didn't fall in love with it happens and uh he decided to get one of those uh van halen stripe series uh charvel style guitars of the evh and he asked me what i thought he sent me an email and i let him know the truth i have two of them and uh the red stripe one is one of the best playing sounding guitars i own and uh 
I wish it wasn't. <laughs> I'd say that because not for any other reason than I don't always want to play a guitar that looks like Van Halen. You know what I mean? But for some reason, that guitar just has the tone, has the playability. It's magical. I've been trying to find a Charvel that I like as much as that. Any of you guys know, uh, known, known me talking about this, uh, you know. Um, let's see. Cars in Depth says, Phil, Lace is a key supplier of mine. Their sales manager left and some of his responsibility suffered. Things seem to be getting back to normal. You know, Chris, uh, our cars in depth, thank you. I think you sent me a message, an email, and I think I responded to you. Um, I thought I did. Sometimes it gets tricky because uh, I got out of habit when Mike started taking over the emails and I was responding incorrectly. If you send through the website, I would click the button to respond and didn't realize that if I do that, it goes into like a junk mail setting or something. So I know in my head, I know I, in my head, I'm remembering, I know I responded with, I'd like to talk to you about that. Um, but thank you for telling me about that. That's good to know. Cause like I said, I still have my lace sensors and my other strat. Uh, no company, no matter what I think of a company, when I, you know, when I get, if I don't have a bad, a good review like that, I had a bad review of the, uh, the, the lace pickups in my experience, you know, just like a good review doesn't guarantee every product is perfect. A bad review doesn't guarantee every product is bad. So I think, so, you know, that's, uh, I hope you guys take that with a grain of salt. When I have a bad review, I don't hope that you guys look at it like I'll never try that product again, or I'll never deal with that company. Just like a good review doesn't guarantee I'm always going to like everything that company does. Uh, my experience is, is that, uh, some companies have better track records of giving you consistency and sure. And some companies don't, but you know, like a good example is uh, Gibson, you know, everybody talks about their inconsistency and quality, but yet the Gibsons I own are some of the best guitars I own. That being said, I couldn't blindly just say to all you guys do go buy a Gibson tomorrow. It's going to be great, <laughs> but I can tell you mine are fantastic. They sound great and they play great. Uh, Gunky Zip. Sure. I like that name. Gunky Zip says, got a BC Rich Warlock 7 string for 300 bucks. Hate the pickups. Sell it or new pickups. I had a uh, I, funny story. I had a BC Rich Warlock 7 string and I got the, it, had, it came and it was one of those purchases you made online and it didn't come in the condition I hoped it did. It was all chewed up. It was it was black and I had it painted and I took it to a, I never did this before, but I took it to an auto body shop and I said, hey, can you paint a guitar? And they said, absolutely. I said, how much? And they said like 150 bucks and that's cheap. So, you know, so I said, okay. So I said, paint it fluorescent green. I told them fluorescent like green. I thought a fluorescent green warlock would be fun, right? And it came back and it's avocado green, like avocado green. And it looked so weird. I didn't know what to do. And uh, so I sold it I at a loss. I think I sold for a hundred bucks. Uh, so somebody out there has an avocado, avocado green seven string. Uh, that was mine. <laughs> and I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, so uh, you hate the pickups. So the Gunky, this is easy, man. If you love the guitar and then buy new pickups. If you're not sure about the guitar, um, you know, but to keep in mind, the thing about pickups that are great is this, man, you can put good new pickups in it. Just keep the old pickups. That's the great thing about modding. I think people are realizing that if you mod guitars, you can always put them back to stock, sell them off. You'll, you know, if you're into seven strings, you'll have use for another set of seven string pickups. Don't forget to look at used seven string pickups and don't forget to look at inexpensive companies that make pickups that make good pickups. There's a lot of great inexpensive pickups out there. Uh, something I definitely will start hitting on a lot of channels like the folks on inexpensive guitars, like Harley Benton's and stuff. I want to start talking about, uh, a, uh, 
uh, inexpensive pickups. I have, uh, so you know, in my collection of guitars, I have the gamut of pickups from really expensive to really inexpensive pickups. Um, and uh, the thing about pickups is they're, there's a huge markup in a lot of pickups and I'm not saying it's not validated. That's not the argument. The argument is that you can buy great pickups inexpensively. Okay. So I, I tend to buy, as you guys know, I have the uh, Pete Thorne pickups. Those were, those were a mint, man. I paid over 300 bucks for the set, but, uh, they were great, but I have a set of pickups. I also paid $61 for the set that I also think are equally great. Not the same pickup. They don't sound the same, but equally like I love them equally. So yeah, sometimes it just, you know, you can, you can, uh, you can find good deals is what I'm saying. So don't be afraid to do that. Um, and, uh, that's something we'll be talking about really soon. Uh, I promise pickups, a lot of videos about pickups. Uh, a lot of big, we talked about repair videos. That's where I decided to put the energy first is, is that uh randall uh, vandergriff he's hit me a couple times with this question it says the dan electro shift daddy thoughts i don't know what the dan electro shift daddy is uh so uh why don't i know what that is it means it's either something older or something new so it's something that's uh, out of my radar let me quick search it just because i appreciate your diligence of hitting me over and over again with the question so you know you'll never upset me just asking the same question over and over again uh oh yeah yeah the old shift daddy uh so um here, I'll, I'll share here with you guys. <laughs> this is fun. Uh, some of you guys know exactly what it is, and some of you are probably like, what? Okay, start screen share. Here you go. Yeah, the old shift daddy, right? This thing. Uh, it's like a wall pedal. Uh, never played one. Um, and uh, take this with a, you know the best you can, uh, especially this one right here. Uh, this reminded me of when I was a kid. The first time I saw this in a store, I was in a music store one day, and I saw this uh, wall pedal. Um, the first thing it reminded me of was, uh, remember VCR rewinders? <laughs> I had a VCR rewinder that looked like exactly like this. Like this was the this was the top, and you'd open it up and you put your VHS tape in there and rewind your tape. Uh, you younger kids, we used to have to rewind stuff. It's just because it, otherwise you'd have to pay thirty cents when you returned it to the to the video store. So. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i'm laughing it's just it's like it's such an old-timey thing to say rewinding a tape back in my day used to cost 30 cents <laughs> anyways uh yeah but if you didn't want to pay that 30 cents you got yourself a videotape rewinder and mine was cool because it looked like a flamed car so when i saw the wob pedal i thought it, would, it looked like my uh Michael A. Uh, St. Croc says, be kind, rewind. You guys you guys are now, everybody's hitting it. Be kind, rewind. Be kind, rewind. Boy, you know what's funny is, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, mute, that, uh, mute that bozo says, I have a custom shop DVD rewinder. Yes, uh, I remember those days. Anyways, uh, Michael Shy is saying to remember him too. Yeah, it's just fun, but that's what it reminds me of. I'm sorry, that wall pedal. I never tried it when I saw it in the store because like I said, I told you, I'm just being honest with you. The first time I saw it in the store years ago, I remember thinking, hey, it looked like my video rewinder. Um, the, and, and it was long enough ago that, uh, no, you know what? So, you know, it was when I saw that in the store, um, it was probably 2000 at two 2001 and then that was dvds so i mean even vcrs were dead by then for me but still reminded me of my old rewinder uh uh 
Juan Carlos, he's hitting me with this again uh, a lot. It says thoughts on the Randall amps, uh, the 14 made. I don't, I don't know much about them. Uh, a couple years ago, I was at the Randall booth and I tried a bunch of the Randall amps. I've owned some Randall amps back in the day. Um, the Randall amps to me have always been uh, like metal, and uh, and uh, and I'm very familiar with the Randall uh, history. You know, Randall, uh, the the guy who uh, started uh, Randall, uh, Don Randall, I think is his name. I'm doing this off memory, guys, so please help me out. Uh, you know, bear with me if I've got the first name wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was Don Randall, and he was the head or one of the lead designers of amps at Fender. And when CBS bought Fender, I think he even became president or something in that regards he took some high position at fender and then he left fender and anyways he had a a, a, a non-compete clause so he could not make tube amplifiers so he started making uh solid state bass amplifiers so randall randall started as a solid state bass amplifier company uh and uh and he started doing that um, and then it kind of moved on its way but it's one of those companies that's weird because it ends in the weirdest place it starts out as a solid state base amp company and then it goes through its history and all of a sudden it becomes the premier metal, you know, solid state metal amp company, and of course, doing tube amps as well, too. So it's never been my thing, although my first real stack was a Randall stack. I, uh, my Randall, my first real big amp, I bought a Randall uh, head. I think it's the RH100. Yeah, I'm again doing off memory and two 412 cabinets. I think I bought it for brand new for 800 bucks back in the day. Uh, and uh and uh, here's what I remember about it. I was super excited and uh, had this big stack and uh, I was going to take over the world. And uh, first time my band played at a gig, the other guitar player in my band had a half stack. And I was such a braggy uh, jerk, you know, about my full stack. And one day when he grows up and he gets a full stack, he'll know the pain. You know, he'll know what bringing the pain means. I was really excited. He had a half stack, though, but it was a JCM 800 and a 412 cabinet. And we were on stage. He just decimated me in volume and uh my friends later are like i couldn't even hear you in the mix and that's when i learned why tubes beat solid state i physically learned it literally on stage <laughs> so there you go that's a long story to tell you i don't know anything about those amps yeah yeah mike's saying the re the randall rh's still go for about the same yeah as i recall that's you know uh, it's good stuff it's just you know like i said it's not my thing anymore but i i do appreciate them and I do appreciate the time in which I did have them and I enjoyed them. So, uh, David Olson just did a super chat. Thanks, David. I appreciate that. You know, if you have a question, send it my way too. Uh, so, okay. Well, we're 12 minutes over. Let's, uh, scoop a couple more of the questions and then we'll, we'll finish up. Um, and sometimes I got to go through the list and make sure I didn't miss any of you guys. Okay. Um, I know you guys are waiting. Okay. Okay. Bubba got a question. He says, I picked up a majesty and on the bot and the body shape has corrupted me. Do you have any suggestions for any, another guitar with similar shape other than the Ibanez, Ibanez radius and the Joe Satrani guitars? No, man. You know, the majesty is a great sounding guitar and playing guitar. It's, I would definitely put it in some of my best played guitars I've ever played. I will never own a majesty because of the exact opposite feeling you're having. I found it not comfortable. Uh, my, my buddies, uh, um, have them. They love the majesties. 
and uh, they they love them. And I, every time I go around them and get to play their guitars, I play them and I go, yeah, these are great. They just don't they don't they're not my they're not me. Uh, so yeah, my guess is if you like that guitar, you should stick with that guitar. Uh, what guitars that I think are like it are I just don't know. It's kind of an odd thing. I, I watched the clinic though, the best clinic. If you haven't seen it, Bubba, go, go, I'll put a link when I do the index. But if you find it on your own, great. Uh, um, what's his name? <laughs> I have his guitar right by me. Petrucci. Uh, John Petrucci did a clinic at Guitar Center in New York at the like the New York uh, Guitar Center, uh, and he talks about the Majesty and he explains how it's the perfect guitar when standing up and it's designed and all this stuff. And he was explaining all that. And I, I enjoyed the video so much. Uh, even, uh, it was great for me because I, I was watching it and I learned all, uh, everything I learned watching that was like all the reasons that wasn't for me was the things he was explaining why he designed that shape. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't have that problem. Um, so, uh, so, and then Sean T says, Hey Phil, are you supposed to follow the grooves in the saddles on a Tom bridge to the comp? corresponding string size like uh you do at the nut end um okay so here is the trick i it's tough these kind of questions always get me a little tough because i'm not staring at what you're staring at and i think i know what you're asking me um but so you said tom bridge do you mean tunomatic bridge uh, and, and are you trying to say you have a tunematic bridge? Okay. So here's how I'm going to answer the question. I got to answer the question again without seeing it. So I'm going to answer, answer it with, uh, this point. If it doesn't have grooves, you have to cut grooves in those slots. If it has grooves, do you have to cut those grooves to each? No, you don't have to. Um, the, uh, the, I've, I've never found, felt the need to do that, uh, with any guitar, um, you can use lubricant, uh, lubricate, you know, lubricant or lubricant, uh, guitar lubricant to lubricate those, uh, those spots and help that a little bit. Um, but also keep in mind, I, I like, I like the adage, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Literally, if you're not having issues with string strict, uh, 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 sticking, I don't know why I'm saying stricking. If you don't have any problems with string sticking, don't mess with it. Sometimes guitars aren't out going out of tune and everyone's like, well, I'm going to make it even better. Well, you can't make it better than it's not going out of tune. It's fine. So if it's fine, leave it alone. If you are having issues with the bridge and those grooves are causing you binding issues or then yes, maybe you should start getting a file set and messing with them. Uh, but in the meantime, no, I say, leave it alone. If it's, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Uh, you know, put your energy somewhere else. Trust me. There's something else on the guitar you can work with. Reggie Wooten just want to thank Sip for the show. Thank you, Reggie. I, I, I appreciate you coming back every week and watching and hanging out. And, uh, Black Corvo. Hey, Black Corvo. Uh, I see you. I see a lot on Tone King's channel when I'm watching the to Tone King live. Uh, Black Corvo says, uh, tubes beat solid state and volume because of, because the manufacturer described clean output for tubes, but maximum power of solid state tubes out more when distorted. Yeah. I understand where you're going with this. I agree with you hundred percent. The biggest issue for me is I've used an adage because wattage is all just things that people say, especially companies, you know, right. Every company has got a different way of what they're, they're even talking about max peak, uh, you know, consistent, uh, input output. But for me, here's the rule I fall by a follow that's worked for me. Uh, solid state needs to be three times, whatever the tube wattage is to be equal in volume. That is not a guarantee. That is not a fact that I'm stating. I'm just telling you that if I was going to be on stage somewhere again in my life and through my experience over the years, if you had a 40 watt tube head, I need at least 150, 
uh, watts solid state to compete with you. If you have a 100 watt head, I want two to three, 400 solid state watts. I've learned that's works for me uh, the, 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 the best. And I think one of the best ways to explain that is, you know, originally when Blackstar did those ID amps, uh, they did them and there was like the ID 30 and the ID, you know, 60. But if you look on those amps, the ID 30 was, uh, like literally 150 Watts cause it's solid state, but they called it the 30 because it was equal to 30 Watts tube that, that that marketing was a, a, a disaster. So, you know, for that company, uh, because they weren't one were unable to explain that to everybody, but that's what it was. And I thought the idea was pretty good. So, um, but yes, so black Carvo, I agree. Uh, with your your sentiment for sure and i think we cleared okay uh and then the last rummy 373 says what do you think about the les paul lp custom pickups um i don't know yeah i'm looking because again i think i know what you're talking about um I just don't know. I, I, is that a Les Paul custom? Like the custom pickups in the custom Les Paul? Is it the pickups? I mean, I'm, here's the easy part. If you're talking about any kind of Les Paul pickups, I'm a, actually a pretty big fan of Les Paul pickups. Even the ones that people hate, like the, was it the 480T and stuff like that? A lot of people don't like those. Uh, Burst Bruckers, I like them a lot. Burst Brucker Pros, I'm less happy about, you know, right? Uh, they're, they're not as much, you know, I don't like them as much. But I can tell you this for some reason, just ears your ear is what it is you like what you like just like you like to eat what you like to eat i like gibson pickups as a whole um i think that's where gibson has always excelled is making great sounding pickups so i think that's how you can make a lot of guitars sound better is put gibson pickups in them okay and on that note i'm going to go back to the main screen and then we'll finish up and hold on a second I know I hate it when I go quiet because I'm like, I'm sure you guys are like, did he go quiet or did the screen lock? This is, I'm going to have to fix this, but whatever this is that YouTube is doing where it's blocking me to the super chats is absolutely crazy. Like you hear me clicking, right? I cannot click off of a super chat. It's almost like it, it keeps me in there. Um, Okay, so Black Carvo also added, I'm personally, I've, per, I've personally found of hybrid amps, best of both worlds, tube drive, uh, tone, and high power output efficiency from solid state output. Yeah, um, so you know, one of my favorite hybrid amps uh, out there is the uh, the Fender uh, uh, X2, Super Champ X2. You guys have been talking me, hearing me talk about that for years. That is a hybrid amp. It's a two power section but basically digital modeling front end uh on that amp it's uh it's very confusing the amp has um uh, two output power tubes and one preamp tube and that's one thing that drives me nuts you know with amp companies they always say all tube or they'll say on that amp fender will say uh it's got two power amp and preamp tube I'm like well you need a preamp tube for the power section so there is no preamp tube assigned to the preamp section so but doesn't matter. I think the amp's great. And I think it's a perfect example of what I said, which is, uh, um, you know, it's a, it's a good mix of that. Okay, guys. I appreciate you guys hanging out. We did pretty good. We went 21 minutes over. 940 of us. There's 925 25 of you hung out and made it to the end. So uh, I don't know if maybe we'll have to have a new thing at the end where we 
like do some kind of medal or award ceremony for all of you that hung the whole time. Uh, guys, please, like said before, put in the comments down below what you thought about all the subjects I brought up today. Uh, and I'll make sure I index this if you guys uh, later, if you guys want to come back and just see some of the stuff and uh, I'll index everything. And those of you guys are going to watch the replay. The index is usually done within an hour after the show. And uh, I want to thank you guys so much uh, for hanging out with me every Friday. It literally is a highlight of my week. And uh, until next time, uh, I'm just going to say know your gear.